Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm joined today with our CTO, Jeff Freed. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Pete. Great to talk to you, as always. And you, sir. We are talking about, I think, uh, one of your very favorite uh, uh, topics. Uh, we're, we're talking about search and findability and the future of findability in the legal industry. Uh, how did this topic come to the top of your desk today? I live in the future uh, as my wife will tell you, as as, as you do, we know. <laughs> um, so that's partly why it's my favorite topic. But as you know, BA Insight does business with many law firms. It's probably our top vertical in terms of the number of customers. So we have dozens of customers that are law firms, mostly in the U.S. and the U.K. And it's sort of a, a pivotal time for them. So the subject of how to take advantage of technology in sort of the next wave for these law firms is top of mind for many of them. And that stimulated this particular subject. One of the, one of the things we've talked about uh, on this show in other contexts is, it, and speaking specifically of the legal industry, is just that, first of all, the massive sort of complexity of, of the systems, the number of documents that they, they have to track. But the, we've, we've also talked about the fact that they have a rather sort of recent history of adapting to technology, that it was in, until not too long ago that the library, uh, the legal library, was, was a great selling point for the firm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what about the the set the stage of complexity for the legal technology for us? Yeah, I, you know, one of the, the the things about the legal profession that's uh, special to me is that they're particularly aware that they are an information business. Uh, so it's one of the domains where knowledge management has stayed very strong where in many other industries it's sort of knowledge management al almost became a dirty word for a while and then is back. Mm -hmm. Same thing with librarians, right? The law firms that I visit still have active libraries in a way that is under siege in many other verticals because of sort of the availability of information. So the, the, the information and knowledge nature of the business is, is top of mind for law firms. They're also interesting because they're, they're billable and time is money. And they're an interesting mix of, I'll say, laggards in the sense that many of the big picture trends like use of the cloud, adoption of mobile devices and technology is later than many other verticals. So it's similar, but our law firm customers are only just starting to look at Office 365, at hybrid search, where many of our other customers are well into it. At the same time, there's some trends, in particular in the sort of AI machine learning, which, as you know, we're, we're very active in, that I think uh, law firms are at the vanguard so it's 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 a lot of fun for me because, you know, at the beginning of the year, and sort of actually just the end of last year, I I did these predictions on this very podcast, uh, as well as our blog, and I look back at them prior to this one. Most of the previous year's 
predictions that have sort of come to pass apply to law firms in sort of this later adoption category. The use of the cloud, Mm -hmm. the new generation of intelligent systems, and even the polish and consumer-grade applications are now relevant for law firms. Half of this year's predictions are quite topical for law firms as well. So the, the backdrop here is a very active segment of the industry with strong awareness of the fact that they're an information business and the added twist of being sort of billable in a services firm that has a mixture of, I'll say, wait-and-see attitude technology-wise or being what some people would call laggards for some trends and uh, leaders in other trends. Well, you know, the, the implication of, of being a laggard is that means the, uh, the, the sort of learning curve is much steeper when you finally get to it, right? And there, there's sort of an expectation from users, and in this case associates, that uh, the, the systems are going to meet their expectations, right? Is that sort of part of this challenge? How, how else is, is, you know, when we talk about the firm level, what are the, the expectations for success and findability? Uh, I think they're quite high. And the for some firms being, I'll say, late adopters of particular areas is a conscious strategy that's, that is very effective. Remember that the, even the largest law firms are maybe 10,000 employees and they're, as, a, as an industry, under enormous financial pressure. So they need these things to work. They can't afford uh, a large IT group and very few of them have deep bench in IT. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to wait on some things until they're really proven out. And as you point out, that means that you've got a bigger change to make when you do make the change, but it's a safer change. Well, that certainly paints a picture for, for where the, the industry is at the sort of the firm level. Why is this, uh, is, is this an industry that, uh, that is in sort of high demand for change when you think of the kinds of work that you're doing in, in terms of making search smarter? If I take a step back, what I've learned is that the industry, which some people put at you know about six hundred billion a year in legal services industry, is under some very fundamental pressure to change. And the last 10, 15 years have seen enormous change already. I mean, there's been a wave of mergers and acquisition, and since we have a lot of the what are called AMLAW 200 firms. They all have had done multiple acquisitions and therefore have leveraged our technology to digest those acquisitions more quickly. There's also been a thing in the States called AFA or alternative fee arrangements where clients are less amenable to paying just straight hourly and come up with interesting you know, you get this much if you win, this much if you don't, or this much is a flat fee. Alternative arrangements uh, actually caused us to come up with um, probably our only truly vertical-specific product, which is a, a, a pricing tool for proposal generation and fee arrangements. So there's already been a lot of structural change in these M&A and fee arrangements, um, and there's more to come. You know, I was looking at a report that came out at the end of 2016 from 
Georgetown universities, they have a center for the study of the legal profession that partners up with Thomson Reuters Peer Monitor. Um, and it was eye-opening to me because it was a pretty dark picture. It's a demand for legal services has been flat for essentially six years. And when you look at the adjustment for inflation, it's actually down by 25.8% in inflation-adjusted dollars. So the industry has decreasing demand, also decreasing productivity. They, they have these you know, very colorful charts. And what it picked out was that every category of timekeeper or, or you, know, you have partners and associates and et cetera, every category except for associate had decreased productivity. And all of the segments, you know, different size firms had lost market share to in-house counsel and alternative providers. You know, one of our customers has a thousand, as a, as a, a sort of a sister division with a thousand paralegals in India that are doing outsourced legal services. So it, there's a greater segmentation, a widening, widening gap between the top performing firms and the lower performing firms, decreased, decreasing productivity and decreasing demand. And that's a really big challenge for the industry that really you can best address through process changes, innovation, and technological investments. What does that look like in the legal industry, though? When you talk about this question of, of uh, you know, the, the legal industry is feeling so much of this financial pressure and, as you say, they don't have a terribly deep uh, technology bench, um, how do they need to shift to improve the way they think about technology and, and, and in order to just leverage some of these benefits? Well, I'll, I'll admit that I'm a technologist, so I, I, I see a lot of the way through as being changing the productivity curve and opening up new services through new technologies. Um, and that's also what I see with the firms that we work with because many of them are looking for innovation I've seen over the last two years for the first time offices of innovation in these firms that are technology oriented and the legal industry history, I mean, historically, if you look sort of, again, financially, uh, legal industry has spent less than 1% of revenue on R&D, where the average across US businesses is about 3.5%, and some industries like Telecommunication spends 13%. Biotech spends almost 18%. You know, we have a lot of life sciences customers that are spending 20% of their revenue on R&D, and law firms are spending 1%. So for law firms that are looking for a way out or a, a successful way through this turbulent time, it's going to be digital transformation and further digital transformation. And Increasing spending from 1% to maybe 2% may seem like a lot to partners, but it's, it's the path for firms to really thrive in a, in a challenging climate. Can you give us an example of, of best practice at work in this area? Do you have an, an, an example of a client? We've, and we have talked to you know, clients on this show in the past uh, on, you know, in, the, in the legal industry that has shared some of their experience, and we can put a link to that in the show notes. But when you think about the, the best-in-class 
clients that are making use of technology in a way that allows them to be more productive and uh, reclaim some of those uh, productivity gains and, and be more responsive to their, their clients. Uh, where do you start that conversation? I mean, there's quite a, a number of them that are customers of ours. I will pick on DLA Piper, um, who has appeared on this podcast. Uh, there's a uh, They've been quite public, so there's a, a case study on our website, et cetera, and they've been fabulous to partner with. They're, they're forward-looking. They have one of these innovation centers. They're not, you know, they're not spending 5% of their top line on R&D, but it's a little more than 1%. And they are keeping what I'd, I'd call the basics right. So they, they've continued started with about seven different connectors to bring in content from many different places and a platform in SharePoint and the search in SharePoint on which they expected to build a series of search-driven applications. And they've kept up that drumbeat and done that successfully. So they are, they're, they're I think, a really good case of looking at um, how do you build up digital transformation and do so in service of the firm, both in knowledge management, legal research, case management, intranets, and discovery and review. So those sort of five use cases we see over and over as use cases in our legal customers, uh, because they're all very, um, very much search applications or, or findability and discovery. And when I talk with DLA and other customers about future trends in technology, a couple of the things that we've talked about on this podcast come up. In particular, natural language, question answering, and machine learning, which uh, if you look, for example, at the Gartner hype cycle, those are two, two top ones. And um, in, the, in the podcast notes, I'll, I'll reference that as well as a, a set of articles I recently did for uh, CMS wire around you know, intelligent search and machine learning trends. Um, I've also been surprised that blockchain technology, which we've never talked about here, has come up with a number of law firms specifically because of their contract management. Blockchain is a, is a new technology that really came out of places like Bitcoin for providing mm -hmm provably secure transactions that are cross-company and that's starting to show up in legal contracts. So um, sort of these new waves of technology are definitely part of the picture for the forward-looking law firms. There's an area called e-discovery that is a great example, for example, of use of uh, machine learning. And one of my favorite patterns, which is people and machines working together, um, which is exactly the, the way that we uh, use it in, in our own products in our auto classifier. Um, because if you are, if you get into a lawsuit, for example, or a subpoena, you have to go collect all of this information, which is often a huge amount and sift through it which traditionally has been done by people, you know, paralegals, for example. Um, but you just can't afford to go through 10 million documents by hand. 
and therefore using the machine to sift through things and figure out what paralegals need to look at and using what paralegals are actually doing to train the machines has become a very successful pattern. What's your what's your sense when you talk to I mean I know your your interactions are, are predominantly with the um, sort of on the technology side but when you hear stories of firms uh, that are still uh, nervous about embracing the machine learning and an intelligence search sort of the AI future uh, what is your what what tends to push them to the other side to to start seeing some of the experiences for the better than uh, for the worse. I think it's it's very pragmatically looking for specific applications and specific opportunities that makes it ripe from a I'll say a, a business uh, perspective for the firm. And then on the other side in terms of reduce, reducing the risk, a lot of it is something called precedent. One reason that law firms can be conservative technologically is they get into situations where they either have to show their client that they're doing something that is accepted or they have to show a court that they're doing something that is accepted. So if they use technology that's too far out there, maybe it becomes a disadvantage. Um, and that's why um, I particularly like this thing called the Sedona Conference, which is an annual, almost academic, but future-looking uh, group, their their motto is moving the law forward in a reasoned and just way. This is the place where um, you see advances in case law. So, okay, this many lawsuits have been won using this particular kind of technology, and once that reaches a tipping point, then the, the business side of a law firm, typically it's the partners, can get much more comfortable with it. All right. So when you when you look at at the next uh, sort of the next plateau of intelligent search and the application of uh, of AI in findability, the things you're most excited about, um, what are the applications that you see these impacting in the uh, in the legal industry in the firm? I see them showing up sort of in many many applications. It's almost like a horizontal layer of intelligence that then applies to many different applications. The same five that we have been servicing for our for our legal customers, meaning intranet, knowledge management, legal research, case management, and discovery and review, those definitely all will have sort of this new generation of intelligent search behind them over time. In legal research, question answering in particular is a good paradigm because you're trying to frame what are the right questions to ask as part of the research process, and it's a classic discovery thing. I also think that there's there's things which are information management in the larger picture that most firms are eager to see applied. And this may not so much be AI per se, it's, it's really more about the pragmatic business process and the elements that firms can get out of the Microsoft stack, in particular Office 365, add some great elements around document and records management. And most firms have been, you know, it's almost 100% adoption of SharePoint amongst larger firms. Firms have been looking for a long time 
or the point at which SharePoint becomes good enough to do all their records management or all their document management. And therefore, there's a variety of add-on packages related to that. I think that's reaching a tipping point, especially as Microsoft sort of revitalizes the basics. Similarly, firms have started, you know, often you adopt technology in a firm because your clients want you to. So that's what sort of led folks to move to the you know, office applications as opposed to like WordPerfect. And extranets and client collaboration, sort of digitally being able to share contracts, share elements have taken hold. And that's another big area for Office 365 and, and cloud adoption. Things like matter management, where actually Microsoft came out with a thing called the Matter Center last year that's now open sourced, uh, which I think is good for corporate law departments and smaller firms, but not really strong enough for the larger law firms. It's nevertheless a, a great application for even things like uh, prediction algorithms. You know, I noticed out of, this was also out of the Sedona conference, last year there was a group that took the Supreme Court cases for the last 60 years and applied predictive analytics to it. And they um, got 70% accuracy for predicting how the Supreme Court would rule on like 7,700 different cases. Fascinating. So if, if you're better able to predict the way a given matter might go, that helps you in your strategy for matter management. Uh, same thing with expertise finding. You know, we have an expertise locator as a product that's that I'm quite proud of. And I see our firms wanting that to become more and more intelligent. Um, last but not least, there's, there's even some new applications that, that were just out of the realm of economic possibility for legal work. You know, let's take uh, employment law, since my neighbor is an employment lawyer. She, mm -hmm. the, the, there's a, a ruling in many countries, certainly in the U.S. And the, and, and the U.K., that you have to pay overtime for particular classes of employees. And really complying with that effectively can be a time-consuming and expensive proposition. Like, you know, the U EU has a rule that you're liable for over overtime pay even during an employee's paid vacation days. And if you have like 50,000 employees, that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. So if you want to determine how much your liability looks like, going through all of that by hand is, you know, could take two, three person years of legal time Nobody would pay for that. But if you can use technology to do that, it now becomes a service that you can do as a law firm to your corporate clients that gives them good value. Same thing with you know, contracts reviews in security markets, for example, are things that you just don't do for over-the-trader, you know, over-the-counter kind of stocks and contracts. And it, there's a, an exposure and liability there that Banks, for example, do a lot of this, and they, they don't know how much exposure they have. Today, you couldn't afford to help them. They wouldn't pay for the kind of manual work it takes to sift through things and do an assessment of risk. This kind of technology really opens up, I think, some new services that law firms can provide. You've already um, teased us with a, a few uh, mentions of what BA Insight is doing, in the, the um, software that helps uh, legal firms um 
do what they need to do. Uh, since you're here and we're talking about the future of findability, uh, where do you see uh, BA Insight going in, in this particular domain, supporting the legal industry? Very happy to talk about that. I want to first acknowledge the, the obvious, which is we're not doing everything. I mean, there's a big, big wave here. So, for example, e-discovery review is not something BA Insight focuses on. We can provide some components to it, but there's other firms that are doing, for example, some really interesting AI work in e-discovery. Within the domain that we work, the five applications I talked about, the, the, the things like matter management, contract management, things like that, we're doing some really exciting work, um, much of it with our clients. And we're in the position to take things mainstream for legal that we've already done in other industries. So hybrid, cloud, mobile are big waves for law firms that, as, as you know, we've already got a really strong position for. Um, we just came out with mobile support for now all of our applications, in particular visual refiners and smart previews. And I'm starting to see law firms look at how they can help their attorneys go mobile. Um, the relationships that we've built with the content providers and folks like Westlaw, Thompson Westlaw and, and Lexis are evolving even deeper to personalized entity extraction and relationship extraction using some of this technology. And the relationship we have with Microsoft, which is really important to many firms, like the kind of document management, extranet stuff I talked about in Office 365. Mm -hmm. We're staying very close with um, Office 365, all of our products now work in it, and also to Delve. Um, we haven't talked that much in this podcast about the AI that's built into the Microsoft Cloud, but that's something uh, that, we're, that we're deep into. Obviously, analytics, um, both our smart analytics and the Engage partnership that we announced at the beginning of the year are important for law firms and we targeted with the next generation engage platform specifically systems that law firms use a lot things like elite things like um, adderant which are used for crm practice management and you know sort of profitability financial management and firms will have analytics for mid-year so they can see how their users are behaving and therefore tune their systems and their processes to get better productivity. And, and last but not least, we're doing some work that I'll only allude to here with, with Dynamics. That's uh, another Microsoft stack that's a, uh, a big push that many law firms also use. So you'll hear us talking a lot more about intelligent search, intelligent intranets, and the, the basic both what does that mean um, things that are relevant, proactive, interactive, and how that applies uh, to law firms. This is uh, it, it's great stuff. I you know I had dinner with a, a dear friend who's a, an attorney. He's a senior partner at a, a small firm, uh, fifteen associates, and uh, you know we were talking about some of this stuff as reference to some of the topics we're talking about on this very show. And he said, "Oh, I, we're not, not, I, there's no way, there's no way we could we could do that. It's just not easy enough yet." And from everything that you're telling me here. It sounds like uh, things are getting easy enough uh, over the, the, the future of findability may actually be easy enough for even my friend and his small firm 
uh, going forward. So a lot to a lot to appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I I do think that things will start in the larger firms and become easier and easier until it's within the realm of your friend's firm. So that may yeah. take a couple, couple of years, but uh, you already see that happening with the way that even small firms work online. Well, you can you can feel it. I, I just know when I mentioned the words machine learning, he this face of, you know, all the blood leaves his face, and it's just <laughs> fear and panic. And so I know we're a couple of years out. It's going to take a couple of years to acclimate to that. But this is all fantastic stuff. I love hearing where BA Insight is going. And uh, thank you for your time and attention to uh, to give this to us. We, you know, we already mentioned the DLA Piper conversation we've had. We'll put that in the show notes. We will put uh, uh, our contact link so people can reach out to you. What else, uh, where else would you like to send people to learn more about uh, our uh, role in education in uh, legal. Well, I'd say in general, watch this space. I mean, we have a place on our website that's specific to the legal industry, so we'll be adding things to that. I've also started publishing more on sort of the future of technology and waves. I have a series on a thing called CMS Wire that is meant to help people separate the hype from the reality and sort of this new wave of intelligent search and intranets because there will be, well, there is, think about machine learning and all of the hype about our robot overlords. Um, <laughs> there's an enormous amount of hype and it is challenging to figure out what's real and what's not and what's the right timing. So um, we'll put a reference to my articles around that in the show notes as well. Excellent. We count on you for that, Jeff. Thank you for uh, for uh, being this resource. We sure appreciate it. Jeff Freed, CTO of BA Insight. Uh, Absolutely. Just watch this space. And if you're a listener, we're always open for uh, comments, questions, criticisms, complaints, any kind of feedback. So don't hesitate. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and attention to subscribe to this podcast. On behalf of Jeff Freed, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next time right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.